0: Uplift thee. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We live in a world filled with noise, a world brimming with opinions and news, talk and ads, and more talk. There is very little space for quiet, reflection, introspection. On the many recent trips to visit my father, I was always a bit stunned driving across Ohio when I would get out of the car to fill up the gas tank and there were little TV screens spewing advertisements talking to me on the pumps themselves. Even on a windswept, desolate highway, I couldn't be by myself, being quiet. And all of this noise, well, it's not benign. There is no end of people, words, videos, voices, advertisements, companies, leadership gurus, and politicians telling us what to do telling us who we ought to be. I don't know about you, but I often feel overwhelmed by the choices out there, by the options, by deciding what the right course for me is on any given day. Should I study the classics of literature and philosophy, or should I be reading the most up-to-date literature on leadership and current events? Should I focus on saving the planet or helping the poor? Is it more important to work on local issues here in Indianapolis or on global ones that affect everybody? Should I provide charity to the hurting or work on changing the laws to affect the future? Should I add meditation or yoga or walking the labyrinth to my prayer life? Am I, yes, we can, or make America great again? Am I paper or plastic? There are millions of choices to make, it seems, every day. A million voices urging us in what feels like a million directions. Though free of much of the noise that currently surrounds us, Jesus still faced a clamor of voices telling him what to be, how to be a man, how to be religious, how to survive under Roman occupation, what his genealogy and ancestors predicted for him, what a Messiah should, would look like and act like when he arrives. Surely he heard the same advice we so often hear about how to be successful, how to make it in the world, how to be a responsible member of society while still protecting your own interests. But then he was baptized. All other voices, all the noise telling him who to be, fell away as he emerged from the waters, the spirit descended and a voice from heaven. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Immediately after hearing that, the voice that quiets all other voices, after hearing that, Jesus is driven out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is a time of testing, a time of preparation as Jesus spent 40 days, the length we spend in Lent, fasting so that he might be prepared for the trial. Only after 40 days, the length of time spent by Moses on the mountain before receiving the covenant, the time spent by Elijah before being given his new commission. 40 years in the wilderness for the Israelites before they get to the promised land. Only after 40 days of silence and fasting and prayer, days of dwelling deeply on that one voice, that one message, you are my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased, only then does Jesus face the devil's temptations. The devil tempts Jesus with really quite normal things. After 40 days of fasting, he offers the famished Jesus bread. After 40 days alone and as Jesus is about to enter into his ministry, the devil offers him the opportunity to prove that God loves him and will care for him should he fall down. Throw yourself down, says the devil. Let the angels come and protect you. After 40 days of wondering what kind of power the Son of God is to have and how he is to use it, the devil offers Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if he will just worship him rather than God. Though there is the element of magic surrounding all these temptations, angels, and being swept from the top of the temple to the top of a mountain, these temptations are fairly mundane. Satisfy your hunger, yourself. Don't allow yourself to be vulnerable, reliant on another. Prove who you are. Don't let others question you. Don't let your ego be damaged. Accept power. You can do so much good if you are just in charge of everything. God might have a plan, but you'd better make sure you have the power to enforce it. And underneath all these temptations, the real test. Do you trust who God says you are? Over and over, the devil begins, if, if you are the son of God, sowing doubt and mistrust, trying to undermine Jesus' relationship with God. How easy it would have been for Jesus to give in. After all, self-reliance, a strong ego, and power, well, those can all be really good things. They can do good in the world. They can be used well. Just as knowledge of history and current events or offering charity and working for justice, having a variety of prayer practices or even plastic bags can be used for the good, but only if they, only if we are grounded in belovedness, only if they, only if we flow out of one's truest relationship, that with God, on whom we rely for all. Jesus has 40 days to clear his head, to let his baptism in God's words, this is my son, my beloved, to let this identity become so central, so clear, that he will not be swayed. He had 40 days of silence, of fasting, 40 days away from the clamor of voices insisting on all the other ways that he could be or ought to be. He had 40 days of prayer, of focus on God, of reliance on God that sustained him when that relationship was questioned, when he was offered something that might in the moment seem better. It wasn't inevitable that Jesus would face down these temptations. It's dwelling deeply in his identity, allowing that to deepen in silence and prayer that allows him to remain faithful. Temptations and tests come to us all, of course. They usually attack at our vulnerable points. Bread when we're hungry. The desire to defend ourselves when someone questions us. The need to prove ourselves when people don't seem to think enough of us. The need to be recognized. Letting our desire for love lead us into affairs, letting our need to be lifted up, leading us to put down others. We give in to the desire for control because life feels pretty out of control. But we too have an identity we too have a relationship with God that can quiet the cacophony of voices that we face each day. Those voices that tell us to be younger and hipper, telling us that we should be more beautiful, more assertive. Those voices that tell us that we ought to grab that brass ring, get what we can while we can. At all times, but especially in these 40 days of Lent, we need to dwell in prayer, to listen, as the priest Henri Nouwen wrote, to the one who calls you, my beloved daughter, my beloved son, my beloved child. He says to pray is to let that voice speak to the center of your being to your guts, and to let that voice resound in your whole being. Then when the voices come, the ones enticing us to be other than we truly are, the ones talking, us, talking to us from the gas pump on the side of the road, we can rest instead in our belovedness. We will not always succeed, of course. And then, when we've given in to temptation, then our hope rests in the one who faced the time of trial, who faced down the temptations to be powerful and loved and relevant. The one who chose to say no to who the world wants him to be so that he might be who God created and called him to be. Son of God, light of the world, Good Shepherd, Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.